Time Podcast. This is your host, Justin Dora. And today I want to talk about celebrity and movements, specifically uh, disciple making, church planting movements, and the, the challenge of celebrity. Now let me, let me begin by making this statement. By using the term celebrity, I'm not in any way trying to say that if a, a pastor or a Christian leader is well known that something is wrong or something is off. Um, I know of people who have never had a desire to be in the limelight, to be in the spotlight, to have their you know name plastered on every website from here to Timbuktu. But yet, God has raised them up to be a voice uh, in our day, and they're just stewarding what God's given them. And and while you could make the argument, hey, that's Christian celebrity, and, and to a degree it is, um, it appears that, at least some of these guys, uh, it's not their goal. That's not what they're going for. That's not what they're trying to do. They're not trying to be um, everyone's you know, pop culture icon in the Christian world. But yet God has raised them up for for this season or for the message that they carry um, to to really be administrated to the to the body of Christ at large. Um, so I understand that and in no way is the point of this podcast to challenge uh, that um, when God does it. However, uh, I know, at least for younger guys uh, like myself and and guys around my age, um, early to mid thirties, sometimes, and we don't say it often. Uh, you know, typically people are pretty conditioned to say the right thing, and we say what we know everyone will digest as humble and genuine and authentic, and you know, fill in the blank with every with whatever uh, word that is popular in today's vernacular, we can think that somehow celebrity is allowing us to have more of an impact in our generation, have more of a an influence to the influential. And I just want to address maybe a few thoughts that maybe will cast a different light, maybe give you just some food for thought on is that really true, number one? And number two, uh, is that God's intention to make a bunch of famous people that are really polished at their craft the light and put them in the limelight to... To demonstrate this is what the kingdom of God is like. Um, I'm just not convinced that it is. Even though I just said there are people that God is raising up. That that is not their deal. That is not what they're going for. But they are just stewarding the gift of God. And the message that they carry to the body of Christ. And even those guys. I will say this. Even those guys. If we as people that maybe receive from them or listen to their teachings, if we are not careful, we can easily 
attach ourselves to them as our source of revelation versus realizing Christ is our ultimate source and we have the same word of God that they have and the Holy Spirit can do the same for us in guiding us into all truth that he can for them. And the truth is, guys, when you discover it for yourself, it doesn't mean others don't help you along the way. It doesn't mean uh, somebody doesn't have uh, you know, a great teaching that really opens up a new paradigm for you. But there's something to owning it for yourself, going deeper and wider in that truth for yourself, that even from the guys that God is raising up, we got to be careful that we don't just, all I do now is listen to the latest podcast of my favorite preacher, and that's, that's the extent of the fresh revelation that I can get. Like there's this mindset that people think that, quote-unquote, ordinary, normal believers somehow can't get the same uh, level of revelation that some of the guys that we, we enjoy. And by guys, I mean guys and, and ladies as well. Um, just people, some of the people that we enjoy listening to or receiving from or reading their books or, you know, if we get the opportunity to have a one-on-one meeting with them, that, you know, we take that. And, and the reality is we've got the same Holy Spirit. We've got the same package of the fullness of the Godhead who dwells in bodily form and we've been given fullness. We've got the same stuff alive in us. And my hope is that we realize that. Because here's the thing that maybe unknowingly when we overemphasize the celebrity culture or the famous preacher or the famous Bible teacher or author, when we overemphasize that, it creates these hidden, below-the-surface mindsets that actually don't allow things to get to movement. And actually, while we look at we're, and we think, wow, we're influencing thousands and thousands and thousands of people through our podcast or through our books or through our teaching sessions, whether that's a conference or a church setting or something else. And what we don't realize is, but there's millions and billions of people that absolutely have no place on their radar screen for what we're talking about. And when we overemphasize the singular man or woman of God as the main point of revelation and teaching instead of God himself through his word, by his spirit, to all believers, and unbelievers at that. My goodness, unbelievers can read the Bible and get revelation and realize Jesus is who he said he is. He's done what he said he would do. And then come to faith by reading the scripture. Happens all over the world, all the time. But when we overemphasize that particular methodology, and please hear my heart again, I am not being an antagonist here. I just... I want to point out we can miss certain perspectives. What what we what what listeners of those in those meetings can unknowingly do is disqualify themselves. They leave thinking I can't do that. I can't have an influence. That's the place of real influence. If I can get on a stage, and so we start looking for the ladders to climb, the people to rub elbows with, the people to kind of go up that 
that chain of command so that we can get to that place of influence so that we can feel like our lives make a difference and that we're all created to make a difference in a way that's powerful. But I'm telling you, the greatest way to make a difference is making disciples in a world that has no clue who God is and is not going to darken the door of some uh, pre-existing group. That doesn't mean we do away with pre-existing groups. That doesn't mean they're bad or wrong. It just means, guys, there is a much bigger playing field, and sometimes we don't realize it because we we narrow down our view of impact to who's in the room on a Sunday morning or in a conference. And I'm telling you, most of the world's not in the room. There's not. So the so let's just break. The, the mindset that says, I'm disqualified for making an impact. No, you're not. Because making disciples in your workplace, in your neighborhood, and I'm not talking about striving and trying to make it happen. I'm talking about trusting the Holy Spirit, agreeing with what He says, loving your neighbor, which means talking to them, hearing their story, hearing what's going on in their life, watching God create opportunities for relationship. That could mean a dinner. That could mean they invite you to a party. That could mean you invite them to a party. Uh, that could mean you go for, uh, you you exercise together or, or whatever it looks like. It could be with a coworker. It could be with some kind of affinity group or club. There's, there's all these different real spheres of relationship that God has given us that aren't necessarily anchored in the world of, of um, organized faith. And that's, and that, that again, that's not a pot shot at organized faith. That, that's saying, my goodness, the playing field is wide. Let's realize the level of influence God has given us as men and women to go into those places and trust the Holy Spirit to open people up, to speak words of life, and then begin to, by God's grace, invite them into a discovery process where they realize who God is. They learn to take steps of obedience, empowered by the grace of God, governed by the life of Christ, not by their own efforts, and their network of relationships begins to change. And here's the thing, guys. Sometimes with the celebrity deal, uh, it actually impedes movement. It doesn't empower it. It prevents movement because of the, the roadblocks or the, the um, kind of the, the barriers that it creates because of people disqualifying themselves. Because I know guys that are that are uh, you know in those positions of um, being pastors and things like that. And I'm telling you, they say from the front every time you turn around, um, you guys have influence in your community that I will never have. They're always saying that, and yet because of the the environment. People don't always hear that, even though great hearts saying the thing that they actually, I believe, have a conviction for. Um, the environment doesn't create that opportunity for whatever reason for people to capture my life matters. And it's not just getting people into this building. It's getting the life of Christ into my city, into my community, into my spheres of influence and watching God through my life make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. So it's flipping the paradigm from a control, I've got to get people in this room because it's a controlled environment, to an empowering sense where we remove the celebrity and say, I'm no better than you. I don't have it any more figured out than you. I may There may be a greater level of maturity in my life, 
in certain areas than in your life, but you may have areas of maturity that I need to receive from you. And it creates this mutuality of receiving and giving to one another that then we begin to turn outward and watch that overflow into other relationships. So it becomes a, a culture of empowerment. And honestly, in a celebrity culture, what happens is it actually slows things down because you because more people feel disempowered Again, that, that may not be anybody saying anything, but that's just people can feel like, well, I'm not qualified. So what happens, it slows things down to the speed of the person who's at the front or the team that's at the front. And they may be awesome, high capacity, great leaders and people, but people are people and everyone uh, has only so many hours in a day, so many relationships, fill in the blank with all the different uh, limits that, that are on life. And, and the truth is, guys, um, it can sound like, man, I'm investing in a 100 people. That's a lot of people. Well, it's a lot of people for one person. But when you look at the large scale of a city or a region or a state or a nation or the nations, uh, it's not that many people, to be honest. And if there's a wrong mindset that says I'm a disempowered 100 people who need you to be okay, then then that's not even multiplying into all the spheres that those people touch versus learning to ask good questions, just investing in a few and teaching them to do the same because everyone can invest in one person. And what I've watched is what God does is in that place of being comfortable with one person, we start to realize, whoa, there's more in me than I realized. And whether it's I invest in more people or that one person now is investing in two, my life begins to to flow out and touches more people simply because uh, the power of discipleship, the power of giving it away and allowing people to discover and actually trust and depend on the Holy Spirit to when they're out in the middle of uh, a situation where they have no idea what to do, they're okay because they know who to trust. Trust the Holy Spirit. Don't trust themselves. Don't trust someone else. But trusting God in the moment to know if it's time to say something or time to be quiet because you don't know. The, the answer is not always talk. Sometimes the answer is shut up and be quiet and listen. And then the other thing that's interesting is uh, there's a mindset that says that somehow we read into the Bible that, that the Apostle Paul was a celebrity Christian in his day. Because he's the, he's the, the most well-known author of the New Testament, because we see this powerful theologian expounding on the realities of the Christ life, um, seeing incredible signs and wonders and miracles, seeing disciples made, churches planted, movements catalyzed, all this stuff. We think, wow, Paul was like the heavy hitter of his day. I I'm actually not convinced that was true. Now, when we look backwards at his life, we see it. But I think in his day, uh, he was sidelined. Um, he what People weren't that impressed with him. Uh, he wasn't the, the superstar, even though he had all the gifting uh, in his life of a Pharisee. He, he really stopped trusting that, and he wasn't a workaholic. Yes, he outworked all the other apostles, but it wasn't out of this drive. It was because of grace. He says it clearly in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, I outworked all the other guys, but not I, but the grace of God within me. This is how Paul thought. It was the God's grace within him that actually was what was inspiring and moving him to action. He was compelled by the love of Christ in Christ Jesus, by the love of Christ. And 
you know, he says in other places, he says, guys, I'm not a trained speaker. He says, in fact, when I was among you, I reasoned to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified because I didn't want your faith to rest on my wise and persuasive words, but by a demonstration of power. In fact, he had to tell the Corinthians, um, you have many teachers, but not many fathers. I am your father. Please listen to me, guys. I have your best interest at heart. He didn't command them to listen. He appealed to them and said, guys, I fathered you in this gospel revelation. Please, you have to understand, I am for you. But he did not demand that they listen. He appealed uh, to them. We see over and over again in the life of Paul. In fact, I've probably said it on the podcast before, but I heard somewhere that the first 16 verses that mention Paul the Apostle in the book of Acts um, cover or span about 16 years of his life. And the last 16 chapters of the book of Acts that that record the life of Paul the Apostle uh, represent about 10 years of his life. There is something to depth under the radar where nobody knows you that's, that, that is absolutely the way of God. He does not care if you're well known. But when you have been developed in trusting and understanding the reality of Christ, who he is, what he's done, what the message is to the world, then God can expand your influence, not because you've qualified, quote unquote now, but because it's not going to wreck your life. (laughs) Because you don't care anymore. Because you don't need someone giving you applause and approval. You don't need someone saying how how amazing you are. You are so full and confident in God. You're so full in your understanding of fullness by grace. And you're so confident that God can work on your behalf when you're asleep. That you don't strive and struggle and strain to make stuff happen, but you trust and rest and therefore act out of that place of supreme confidence in the person of Jesus. This is the power of revelation. This is the power of living in rest and, and living the Christ life where it's his life motivating you for everything that you do. Therefore, your influence can expand Because you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. It's not about you anymore. Even though God can, quote unquote, make you famous. I mean, he told Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. But God said, I'll do it, Abraham. You don't need to do it. You don't need to build a great website. You don't need to polish yourself up. You don't need to make a great great impression. In fact, Abraham stumbled and made so many mistakes, and yet God was true to his word. And Abraham just believed God. Okay, God, I believe you. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I trust you. I I was telling somebody recently, uh, it's so interesting. You read uh, Abraham's journey into, I believe it was in, yeah, Abraham in Egypt. So he goes down to Egypt. He interacts with Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, "Um, who is this woman? It It was Sarah, Abraham's wife. And he says, oh, it's my sister. And he he wants to take her as his own, so to speak. Pharaoh does. And uh, Abraham says, that's fine. She knows she's my sister. And God visits Pharaoh and says, uh, this is this guy's wife. Do not go there. 
And Pharaoh's like, why didn't you tell me the truth? And basically Abraham was afraid. And then Abraham leaves Egypt, so he just lied. He just did something awful to his wife. And he leaves, and Pharaoh sends him out with resources. And he uses those resources to redevelop uh, the promised land because it was in famine. So Abraham makes the biggest blunder and God still blesses him. That is not an excuse for sin. I am not saying do whatever you want. I'm saying that's the nature of God. In our biggest failure, he looks to be a blessing to help us learn to live like him and think like him. In fact, in the next chapter, he says this to Abram. He says, listen, Abram, walk before me and be blameless. In other words, in relationship with me, who I am begins to express itself through you. I am blameless, Abram. Trust in me. Trust in our relationship. Trust in my character. When you trust in who I am, who I am will overshadow you. And you will begin to demonstrate my nature and character, which is holy, pure, and right. And he used blessing Abraham in his blunder to actually shift Abraham's identity to relate himself to the person of God, to the I am that he met, to Abraham, follow me, and I will make your name great. Guys, this is the good news. This is the good news. It's not about pursuing celebrity and fame, though God may raise some people up, but it is about recognizing the gift of God we've been given in Christ and walking with him in a discovery process to see other people have the same awakening. By God's grace, not by our effort and not by our scheming methods to get people to pray some prayer that they don't understand, but to discover, to taste and see that God is good. And when they begin to see that he's good, trusting him and therefore obedience flowing out of that is a byproduct. And it's good news. So, Father, we thank you that we are all created in your image and likeness. And you have gifted us individually and uniquely to have an influence that totally fits the way we're wired in you. And I thank you, God, for fresh relationships and fresh influence and new questions that people are asking and new thoughts we're having to begin to see our lives as leaven in society that's turning the whole loaf to realize the kingdom of God is at hand and he's for everyone and he's revealing himself to all people that they might trust him and recognize that he has always been for them and he has always been working on their behalf in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Wisdom Podcast. If you liked what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes and iTunes will suggest this podcast to others. Thanks everyone and take care.